0: Thank you for that, Jenny. That's a hard act to follow, because I don't have any, any props to show. <laughs> Grace and peace to you, dear friends, through Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. Amen. Whew! John, that was a long scripture. I am understanding why you were so willing to pass that text on to me. <laughs> um, but it's not just a coincidence that this is a long scripture text. This exchange between Jesus and the Samaritan woman at the well is the longest recorded conversation in the New Testament. I never really thought about it, but that sort of surprised me. I guess I just assumed that if Jesus was talking for a long time to someone, it would be one of his disciples or an important public figure of some sort, or maybe it'd be a conversation between Jesus and God, the father. So when I got this text, I had to wonder why it's this woman that Jesus chooses to share such a long and powerful message. So here's what we know. She's a woman, (laughs) the Bible doesn't give her a name, but we do know that she's a Samaritan, and later on in the text, we'll discover that she's unmarried. Now as a comparison, last week we read about Nicodemus, a powerful man, a Pharisee of high status, and a Jew. The interaction between Jesus and the Samaritan woman is twice as long as the conversation between Nicodemus, even though by most standards, Nicodemus is way more qualified for a conversation with Jesus. Now, I'm sure that there's a lot of deep theological answers about why Jesus spends so much time talking to the woman at the well, Uh, but I came up with a more simple explanation. Jesus was tired. From the verses before our text today, we learned that Jesus was traveling from Judea to Galilee, a distance of 70 miles that he's doing by foot, and he stops in a Samaritan city called Sychar, because he was, and I quote, tired out by his journey. Jesus was tuckered out, and he was thirsty. Of course he's happy to hang out at a well for a good 42 verses. I know, I know, I'm paying for all this great seminary training, and my great conclusion is that Jesus is tired. Well, I think it's a good starting point. Jesus, the Son of God, took on flesh and became a human, a living, breathing human whose body felt thirst and hunger, whose body would come to know pain and suffering and humiliation, a body that could work miracles and walk amongst all people on earth. It's no accident that God took on flesh, and it's no accident that this interaction takes place at a well with a woman from Samaria. When Jesus speaks to the woman at the well, she questions, how is it that you, a Jew, ask a drink of me, a woman of Samaria. And then in a parenthetical aside, scripture reads, Jews do not share things in common with Samaritans. Now I've heard this referred to as the understatement of the century. We know from other scriptures, scripture texts about the hostility between the Samaritans and the Jewish people. Some might compare it to the hatred between two opposing sports teams, but it's more like a sibling rivalry. At one point, the Jews and the Samaritans were of the same tribe, but they got separated in exile. The Samaritans would build their temple on Mount Gerizim while the Jewish people rebuilt their temple in Jerusalem. They share the same God, but their gods have different homes, which sounds like a smaller deal than it really is. A Jewish man would not speak to a Samaritan woman, and to drink from her water jar would require him to return to the temple for a a ritual cleansing So he's walked 35 miles, and he's got to turn back if he drinks out of that water jar. For Jesus to sit down and speak to the woman at the well is nothing less than radical. Jesus is breaking down the social barriers that would preclude him from interacting with this woman. But there's also an interdependence here. Jesus plays with water and living water. In a physical way, Jesus depends on this woman. He is thirsty, and he has nothing to draw water from the well with. But the woman in her marginalized position and low status is spiritually thirsting. In verse 13, Jesus says to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but those who drink of the water that I will give them will never be thirsty. The water that I will give will become in them a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. And to this the woman says, Sir, give me this water so that I may never be thirsty or have to keep coming here to draw water. She thirsts not only for the living water that Jesus offers, but the chance to not have to keep coming back to the well to draw water. Her daily chore of collecting water at the well is a continual reminder of her isolation. We know that this story takes place at noon, the hottest part of the day. It's likely that she, chose the, that she chooses to go to the well, then rather than in the cooler morning or evening to avoid the shunning of the other women in her community. Oftentimes the story has become less about the living water that Jesus offers and more about a shady woman who has had five husbands and now lives with a man who's not her husband. We've internalized the prejudice that the woman's community exhibits and we read the scripture through their bias. We refer to her as loose or as a woman of the night We say that she's easy, and we might even say that she was asking for it, whatever those troubles are. We've taken a story about Jesus breaking down social barriers and made it into a cautionary tale of what happens to loose women. What we know from the scripture is that the woman has had five husbands and that the man she lives with now is not her husband. Now, women during Jesus' time had no social standing of their own. She needs a husband to have security. That she was married five times seems to be evidence of circumstances completely beyond her control. No woman would choose this. It could be that the woman had been divorced for trivial matters, but it's more likely that she was divorced because she was barren. She wasn't able to produce an heir to the family, and so she as a woman had no value. As for the man she lives with, who is not her husband, because of the vulnerable position of widows, there was a law in ancient Israel that the brother of the dead man must take in the widow, either through marriage or other living arrangements. She isn't shacking up with another man, but surviving in the only way possible for a woman at that time. For hundreds of years, Bible commentators and theologians, mostly men, have condemned this woman for the single fact of her marital history, which in all likelihood was completely beyond her control. Now it's tempting for us all to say that this wrongful condemnation is a part of the past, to say that we as a society have moved past this. But I invite us to look around at the social movements like Me Too or Time's Up, or read the newspaper articles about the 156 women who spoke up against the abuses of Larry Nassar in the gymnastics and sports community. As a society, we have turned a woman's body against her And when she speaks up, we have condemned her. We have knowingly and unknowingly all been complicit in actions that contribute to violence against women. On a micro level, we take a single story about a woman and make it her defining characteristic. In verse 28, it says, The woman left her water jar and went back to the city, saying, Come and see a man who told me everything I have ever done. Her testimony rejoices in being known and seen fully by Jesus because she is more than her five husbands, her divorces, her barren womb, or her status as widow. Jesus speaks to the woman at the well, not in spite of her past history, but because he knows her beyond that single story and he loves her. It says that the woman leaves her water jar at that well. She has been filled to overflowing and goes on to testify to her community about the wonders of Jesus the Messiah. How might we today put down our water jars to leave behind the burdens of shame and not good enough and questions of am I worthy? Beyond our gender, our race, or our ethnicity, our class, or our citizenship status, Jesus has come and is with us promising eternal life so that we may be fully known and never thirsty again, not in spite of our history, but because Jesus knows us wholly as children of God. Thanks be to God. Amen.